1: Whether you are with us in person or
2: watching online, man, we are expectant of what God is going to do in this place this morning as we worship Him. So go ahead and stand to your feet, get excited, let's worship God this morning.
1: Love
3: as we continue to worship in this place today that we would encounter your love here God through this, through this next song the words of this next song they say you give life you are love and you bring light to the darkness that we experience around us every day God I pray that we would just lean in let's sing Great Are You Lord you give
2: praises to you. We love you. Amen.
4: Amen. Come on, Real Life. Let's give it a big for God this morning. That's right. It's his breath in our lungs. We're just going to pour it out to him today. Man, before we do anything else, let me share this awesome word from the book of Colossians. It's going to be up here on the screen. And it says this. It says, since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on where? Set them on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. I'm telling you what, guys, the world is watching you and they want to know. Where your positive attitude comes from, where your strength comes from, where your sense of calm and contentment comes from, where your power comes from, and it comes from where? Almighty God. That's because we are hidden in him today. If you believe that, will you just give him a shout? Come on, guys. I'm going to tell you what. When the music stops, that doesn't mean the worship stops. Amen? Yeah, we're going to give it up big. To him today. Man, we are just so honored that you are here. It just feels so good to see a packed house of believers today just giving their all to him. And you know what else feels good? We got some awesome people joining us at Real Life Church Online. I want to give a special greeting to you right now. So wherever you are, throw up those likes and those hearts get rowdy in the comment section there. We're just glad you're here. And hey, everyone in the room, can we make Real Life Church feel super welcome? They can hear us. I promise. Yeah, there we go. There we go. All righty. You may be seated. If you are online or if you are in the room and you are brand new, let me just say welcome. We are just so honored that you are our guest today and that you spent part of your Sunday morning right here with us. And if you're online, I want you to click the link that you're going to see there in the comment section. And if you're in the room, will you get your phone out if you're brand new, if you've never done this before, and text RL New to 97000. And whenever you do that, a member of our Connection team will just reach out to you sometime this week completely digitally. No one from Real Life Church shows up at your house unannounced. But we just want to check in on you. Make sure you felt welcome here at Real Life Church. Maybe start you on your journey here at Real Life Church. And we want to see if we can answer any questions about Real Life Church, and maybe more importantly, how can we be praying for you this week? So if you've never done that before, I encourage you. Don't be bashful. You get your phone out right now and text that. And hey, if you did that today and you're brand new in the room, please don't leave here this morning without stopping by our New Here booth. We have a small gift for you, just our way of saying thank you for being here and joining us this Sunday here at Real Life Church. One thing I love about Real Life Church is we are a church on a mission, okay? We don't just do the window dressing. We don't just say hi and bye, see you next time. We wanna walk with you, wherever you are. And that's because of this mission statement right here. We exist. The only reason we do this is to see people far from God discover their real life and purpose in Jesus. And that could look like a lot of different things, right? You could be someone, you don't know anything about God or the Bible. I have good news for you. There's no Bible quizzes this morning. Amen. You might be someone that. You know, you had a good thing with God in the past, but you were burned by other Christians, other so-called believers. Maybe you had a bad church experience that left you with a bad taste in your mouth. I just want to say, if that's you, welcome home. Welcome to a church that is just going to breathe some life into you. And we want to walk with you and we want to help you heal and just get you back on that track. You might be someone things are going great. You're new to the area. You've been looking around. You're trying to find Those those people that just are ready to do life with you and build you up and just speak some positivity into your life. The the kind that we know only comes from a relationship with Christ. And if that's you, again, I say welcome home. Wherever you are, you might be in one of those three places. You might be somewhere in between. We exist to help you get connected to a real life with Jesus. I'm going to encourage you right now. All right, I'm not going to twist your arm or anything, but I want you to think about and I want you to pray about this afternoon. What would happen if you gave the next three Sundays to coming back to Real Life Church and seeing what God has for you and your life? You came on a great Sunday. Sean's going to start an amazing new message series today. And if I can be hip for a minute, I think the kids will think I'm pretty cool. This message today is a banger. It's lit. Sean's going to eat some Words of life into your heart straight from God's word. No one thinks I'm cool. Okay, I'll move on. (laughs) No, believe me. My wife tells me every day how not cool I am. Amen. All right, but hey, seriously though, you came on a great Sunday and the next three and even maybe even a little bit beyond that, Sean's going to continue this series. So it's up here on the board. It's called Awaken. And you know what? We've got a lot of good things in our life and some not some good things, right? We got work. We got school, we got activities with the kids, we got sports, we got Netflix, we gotta binge that next show. But you know, when we get caught up in these good and not even not so good things in our life, we miss out on what God is calling into our life, His power, His strength, His relationship, His love for us. So I want you to check this out as Sean starts this amazing series. We're going to find out what happens if we awaken to what God's calling in our life. Give it up for Sean Petrie, man. I know he's got a word for us today. Come on, Sean. Bring it to us. Let's do it. <laughs> Drew is
0: fired up this morning. Come on. Drew, you're cool, buddy. I don't care, anybody. I don't care what your wife says. You're the coolest man. <laughs> Unreal. Hey, thanks for being in the house. Uh, maybe it's your first Sunday, been a couple Sundays. Uh, man, I also think thanks for being here. I know God is just going to do some incredible stuff. We just launched this new series, Awaken. And I can't think of a better thing to talk about when we talk about awakening than coffee. Come on, somebody. Come on. Who had a cup of coffee already this morning? Put your hand way in the air, way up high. Man, a lot of people had some coffee this morning. A little bit like Jesus. You just got to get some coffee. All right, here's what I want to do. Um, by the way, if you didn't raise your hand, I'm, not, I'm real honest, I can tell. You know what I'm saying? I tell you, Mr. Coffee this morning. He's a little dragging in the parking out all slow and whatever it is, right? So here, I want to find out, what is your go-to place for coffee? So I'm going to hop down here and have a little fun. Go-to place for coffee. Where's my connoisseurs of coffee? Oh, oh, oh. you got called out. All right, Lauren, favorite go-to place for coffee?
2: Um, I like scooters.
0: Scooters. Mm, looks like you're alone besides somebody in the back. <laughs> all right, what's your, what's your order? What do you get?
2: I just get a caramel latte iced.
0: Caramel latte iced. I like that. Now, on a scale of 1 to 10, let's kind of rank it here. Like, what's your desire for coffee? Like, 10 being, like, total addiction level. Let's hear it. Probably, like, an eight and a half. <laughs> eight and a half. Eight and a half. So if you, if you miss your coffee, like, you're just going to be, like, waking out like this a little bit if you didn't get your coffee in the morning or sleeping. Who drink, you guys drink coffee? They can't. No? Mm. Bad friends. All right. What? April? I mean, everybody's getting called out. Usually, I'd pick on people to call them out. You'd probably not drink coffee. All right, what's your go-to place? Well, look right here. I do. In the real
1: life?
0: In the real life cup. Come on. God-ordained. I like that. <laughs> Favorite coffee place?
4: Um, Actually, I like Panera and Starbucks.
0: It's Panera and Starbucks. You mix them together? No. That's I not the go thing? Go a... All right, what's your drink?
2: For my home. <laughs> um, I do the caramel latte also.
0: And it's just famous around here. All right, addiction level. Tell me now.
1: I have coffee every day. We wouldn't be alive. She didn't have coffee.
0: <laughs> well, one thing's for sure, you wouldn't be here.
1: <laughs>
0: All right, I'll stop. <laughs> That's terrible. All right, uh, let's see. Coffee, coffee, coffee. We'll go to the side of the room. Dude, Matt Beauvais, look, you're like Moses, brother. <laughs> Matt and Tina, these guys helped out when we launched this church. Come on, give them some love. They're back in town. You guys drink coffee? Yeah? A little concert, where do you go? I go to the gas station. <laughs> Come on, somebody. He's one of them. <laughs> I'd ask you what your drink is, but what do you take it has? It's a dark roast with a uh, creamer. There it is. And your addiction level, I guess, is what? 17 and a half. All right. <laughs> Apparently coffee takes away hair, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Be careful. Hey, beautiful is bald. That's what we always say, right? So, hey, well, you know, we're all drawn the coffee, right? I think of like uh, my dad, you know, he has like the best type of coffee. Come on, Folgers in your cup. Come on, somebody. Everybody's like, this guy's crazy. I knew that was going to happen, so here we are. Yeah, Folgers in the cup. And so he, he, I don't know if it's like a, I don't know. It's just not a good thing, but he does it. And he he brews this pot in the morning. He puts it in the thermos. He goes to work. He's a union electrician, so he can't go out. So he heats up all day long, over and over again. But he has such an addiction. That's not the crazy part. The crazy part is he goes to, like, the lake on the weekends, and he still does the same thing. He, like, heats up the brew, and then all day long he just heats up. We show up at the lake on Sunday night, and he's like, hey, you want me to heat up another cup of coffee for you? It was terrible the first cup, bro. But he's got an addiction level, you know? And there's an addiction level that happens here at church. I know it's on the stage. There's some addiction level on the stage. You kind of saw Drew a little bit ago. But like a month ago, I'm heading up to set up. It's like 6.40 in the morning. And Diane, she's got like that, you know, caffeine itch. And she's like, we got to stop and get some coffee. I'm like, we're going to be late. You know, and I'm like just cruising a little faster than I should. Come on, somebody. Pastor would never speed. <laughs> and so I'm cruising to go get some coffee because there's nothing worse than show up late with a coffee in your hand. You know what I'm saying? Like... <laughs> You're dedicated, you know. But nothing's going to stop a woman from getting her coffee. So Diane's going to, amen. So, so we're cruising out, out the, like in the subdivision, and I pull behind a car. And I'm like, oh, it's the Wheelers. Like, can't cut them off now. Being a pastor, you know, it's going to let them go slow. And they're driving all super slow, like grandma's driving. I'm like, it's, dude, it's, it's got to be Jason. You know what I'm saying? If you're not from here, Jason goes, he's on the Dream Team. But So Jason, I'm like, it's got to be him, you know. It's like so, you know Megan, she's like a dark side dude. You know what I'm saying? Like just... Whatever she runs marathons, she's driven. So Jason admitted he was in the first gathering. He admitted he was driving. Come on. So anyway, we're, we're cruising up. I'm like, oh man, hope he goes past scooters and then pull in in front of us because we can't be late. So he passes by like, amen. Come on. So we get to scooters, no line. Diane gets her latte, gets the window without missing the beat. This lady looks at me, a little young lady. She goes, uh, are you with the church? Like a Pastor on my forehead? Like, you know, I've been spotted. I'm, I'm like a zebra without stripes, you know? Like you're a pastor, just look at the way you're dressed, you know? It just has to be that way. And so I was like, what? What's going on? She goes, Oh, yeah, the car before you and the car before that. Like, man, they're going to some church, like setting up and we're like, man, I've heard of that church. That's a good church. I heard it's a really good church. preacher's a good-looking <laughs> dude, you know. Like, whatever. So, no, no, I'm the pastor of the church, so stuff. And she's like, Well, I'd love to come, but I work on Sundays. Like, that's cool. She goes, the guy before you, I think his name was Drew. I was like, come on. Yeah, I know, Drew. We go way back, you know. So I get the setup huddles like like 6.40 in the morning or, or 7 in the morning. And then here's a huddle. He's, he's drinking his coffee. I'll tell you what, I've never seen Drew set up so fast any Sunday. Come on. I mean, he, he was like Macho Man Randy Savage, you know. He was taking out a stage piece. He threw the whole stage out. Boom, stage, pipe and drape. I mean, it's like Samson on Sunday morning, you know. If you want to get set up fast, give Drew some coffee. Come on. He get up on the stage, he did his little welcome, and he was kind of fired up today. But he, that day, it was just something special. You know, he gets up here, hallelujah, brother, praise God, it's going to be a banger. Can I get an amen? Come on, give it up for Drew. I know where he's at, but I totally made fun of him. <laughs> it's that coffee, it's just like 10 out of 10 in his life. And I just encourage you today, man, when's the last time we had that kind of passion for Jesus? Like, when's the last time we came in and it's like, man, I just need some Jesus, like, just in your soul, you woke up like, i got to get to God. Like, i got to get a piece of Jesus. Like, I've been to hear a word from the word. Like, i got to get something out of this. Like, you woke up with some purpose in your step. You're like, this isn't a normal day. This is God's day. Come on, somebody. There's a miracle around the corner. Like, you woke up, and there was just some energy in your soul that you knew God had something for you that day. you do anything to get to Jesus. Matter of fact, you weighed in line. Come on, somebody. It didn't matter how long that line was going to be at Scooters. We were going to get coffee. It was going to happen. It doesn't matter what it's going to cost, you're going to get there. Matter of fact, you got to the church parking lot, and you were cutting people off to get to Jesus. You've been there. You know what I'm talking about? Just right in that spot. You know. Or maybe you get to Jesus even before you get to church. Come on, somebody. you got to get your coffee before church. You get some Jesus before you get to church. Anybody like that? Anybody crazy enough to read the Bible before they get to church? They're like, no. Nope. You're on my people. I've, this message will be very applicable today. You're going to really enjoy it. But when's the last time we prayed with so much passion and energy to know God? It's, it's so easy to kind of go through the motions with our faith. It's so easy just to, to play it safe. But when's the last time we said, just got on our knees and say, God, just use my life. Like, I didn't want it my dream. I want your dream. I want to do something impossible with my life. Like, I don't want something good. I want something God-sized. You know, if we're real honest today, we can really struggle with this. Like, if we're brutally honest, we can say our zeal and our passion and our desire for God, it can fade away as quick as a double shot of an espresso. Like it just fades out. Like in a week. That's why church is every Sunday. Come on, somebody. Because you got to get some more Jesus in your blood. Like you're reminded of who God is. And if we're honest this morning, there's probably a time in our life we're closer to Jesus than we are today. There's probably a time in our past where we're like, you know what? I was closer to Jesus. There's a season where I was just so passionate about God. And today I want to just uh, kind of share with you how we get in this situation. This is the problem. In Genesis 1 and 2, God created us. And God instantly formed us and gave us a breath of life. And don't miss this, we walked with God every day. Like, it was like normal. Like, hey, Dad. Like, hey, he's here. Oh, come here, come here, check this out. Hey, this is my pet lion. <laughs> oh, that's the dragon. Sorry, God. Like, I love you. And we just had this daddy right there with us. Like, our identity was tied directly to God. Like, it was a foreign idea that we'd be hidden from God. Or that we wouldn't hear his voice. Or we didn't seek him every day We're Jesus Genesis 3, sin separates us from God and everything changed for us. And there's a verse I want to share with you it's in Genesis 3 8. It says, The man and his wife, this is talking about Adam and Eve, they what? They heard the sound. All of a sudden, for the first time in humanity, they heard the sound of the Lord God is walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they what? What's it say? They, they hid. And it's like the saddest verse in the Bible. Like one day it was like, daddy's home, he's here, I know him, that's my dad. Come on, come here, I want to hang out. I can't wait to do life with you. And the next day it was, oh, it's God. And they hid. They ran from the Lord God in the garden, hid among the trees. Isn't it the saddest picture of humanity? Matter of fact, the reality is that's us today. When everything changed in Genesis 3, we ran from God ran from his presence. You know, everything changed when sin entered our relationship. We all of a sudden looked at our shame. The words I, me, and mine, insecurity, doubt, fear, depression, anxiety, all these words entered the dictionary for the very first time. You know what's cool about this story? Is that everything changed about us. Don't miss this. But nothing changed about Jesus. Don't miss this. Everything changed about us. All of a sudden, our identity was deformed. All of a sudden, we start seeing ourselves for the very first time. We said, oh, I don't like that. But nothing changed about God. He's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. That's what I love about Jesus. You see what happened is the very first thing that Jesus did, he began to walk in the garden looking for us. Amen? We were hiding, and Jesus started pursuing. Jesus started chasing us down. And since day one in Genesis 3, God has been pursuing you. Amen? He's running towards you on a rescue mission. Look what it says in Romans 5.8. It says, but God demonstrates his own love for us. While we are yet sinners, Christ died for us. Can I tell you today that God's searching is greater than your sinning? That God is searching for you. Like individually, he wants to hear your voice. He wants to know you. Your sinning cannot be so great that God cannot search for you. Matter of fact, he's all around you. He's trying to get your attention. He's trying to speak into your life. He wants you to have a God-sized dream for you. He wants you. But oftentimes, like, that voice is so far drawn out, isn't it? It's like just like that espresso and that caffeine, just wham. And that faith is gone, and we've lost sight or lost our hearing for God. But I love that nothing changed about Jesus. I love that he's always chasing us. He's walking with us. Look, and look what he says in Genesis 3.9. I don't think Jesus stopped saying this to us. So the Lord God called to man and he said what? Where are you? Where are you, Scott? I'm looking for you. Oh, there he is. I see his shiny head. Bald people. I love it. Easy to spot. He's up here anyway. But where are you? Like, where are you? I mean, God isn't coming down on us. He's searching for his prized possession, he is marveling at us, looking for us, going, well, I know that they're broken, they're helpless, come here, I'm looking for you, come on home, daddy's here, where are you at? So today's message is dedicated, this whole series is really dedicated for those of, those of us who need to say to God, here I am, come on, somebody. <laughs> got him over here, it wasn't that long ago where we heard the footsteps of God and we ran to Jesus and said, God, I'm here, use my life, take me, do whatever you want with me, just use me, I'll be a part of your story. It's so easy to get lost in this world with all the voices around us. You know, for some of us, maybe it's been years or weeks or months or whatever before we've heard from Jesus ourselves. Like, we can go to church, which is cool. I recommend church. Come on, somebody. But maybe we're not hearing God's voice in our own life. And I'm telling you, there's nothing that replaces God's voice. There's no other voice that's God's voice in your life. And today, I want to just teach you, like, how do you hear God's voice? Like, how do we get back to Eden? Like, how do we get to the point where we're, like, having fellowship with God? I can tell when you walk with God. Come on, somebody. You can tell when somebody missed their coffee, but you can definitely tell when somebody's missing Jesus. You can just tell, like their desires and their passion and their heartbeat. What's going on, on the inside? So today I want to just talk about how to awaken to God's voice. How do you hear God's voice in your own life? And I want to do is I run through a story in the Old Testament. I'm going to give you three or four stories of just application of what this looks like. And know God's just going to speak to you. So we're starting the Old Testament. Uh, this is the Israelites. They were in slavery for 400 years under the, under Egypt. Uh, they they built the pyramids come on somebody thank god we have pyramids right whatever and these guys built it and then god said no no we're gonna set our people free and so they begin sending plagues and they saw the plagues and then they crossed the red sea on dry land and they watched pharaoh's army get crushed come on somebody they walked by faith through dry land and it was crushed the water on all the pharaoh's armies are set free there's a pillar of fire in the day that or night that'd be awesome right I mean, you don't need no fire pit here, baby. I got a pillar, you know what I'm saying? And they're following this pillar, and then there's a cloud in the sky that blocks the sun in the daytime. There's manna falling from heaven, and they get to the edge of the promised land. And God has promised this land to them, and I'm going to give you a land. They knew this. This was like ingrained in their culture. This land was set aside for them. And this is what God does, and this is how he says to take the land. Numbers 13, verse 1 and 2. It says, The Lord said to Moses, He said, send some men to explore the land of Canaan which I am giving to Israelites. man. don't miss that. That God is giving this land to them. Like he's already declared like this is a victory. Why don't you go check it out? He says from each ancestral tribe, send one of its who? Who does he send? Leaders. Send one of the leaders from each tribe. This send the best of the best. I want you to send the most faithful people out of your church to go check out that land. I want you to send the best, the brightest, the CEO, the one that's achieved, the one you guys voted for, whatever it is, send the best into this land. I want you to see the instructions this is what Moses says to him. He says, see what the land's like. Man, whether the people live there or strong or weak, that's a good thing for you to go to war, right? Is there few or many? What kind of land do they live in? Is it good or bad? What kind of towns do they live in? Are they unwalled or fortified? How's the soil? I've never asked that question, by the way. How's the soil? Not a farmer, hashtag, right? Not a farmer. Is it fertile or poor? Are there trees in it or not trees? And these guys surveyed the land. All 12 of these guys went around, and they are like spies for 40 days, just going among the people, checking out, drawing maps, doing their thing. And they head back to the Israelite camp, and they gather everybody together. And I want you to listen to how important is the voices are in your life. This is the conversation that takes place as they gather together and talk about the land. Verse 27 says, they gave Moses this account. We went to land to which you sent us, and it does flow with milk and honey. This is good land. Man, there is fruit in this land, but the people, come on. There's always a but, right? But the people who live there, what's it say? They're powerful. I mean, their cities are fortified and large. We even saw the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Sins, of Anak. I mean, these Anaks are giants. It says the Amorites live in the hill country and the Canaanites live in the sea along the Jordan. And they started complaining about how hard it's going to be to take this land. I know God's given us, but look at these giants Look how hard, this is almost impossible. And then Caleb spoke up, I love this. He silenced the people, I don't know what it was like. He was like, silence. That'll be a cool moment to have in history, right? I don't know what he did, but he says this. We should go up and take possession of land for we can certainly do it. Like Caleb was full of faith. He's like, I'm going with the pillar of fire, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know what's gonna happen with these guys, but I'm just gonna go with faith on this. But the men who'd gone up with him said, no, 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 no. We can't attack these people. They are stronger than we are. You guys got some people in your life like that probably. There's probably some enemies in your life like that. There's probably some obstacles that are stronger. It says they spread among the Israelites a what? What they spread? A bad report. They, 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 they set the temperature. These leaders came back and they said it was impossible. It can't be done. They're too big, they're too fortified. There's too many of them. We'll never make it. And this bad report spread across all the people. It says, it said, the land explored devours those who live in all people. We saw they were great size. We saw the Nephilim there, the descendants of Anoch came from the Nephilim. It says this, we seem like grasshoppers in our own eyes, and we looked the same to them. All the they saw was giants in the land. They saw all the reasons that it couldn't be possible. And they deemed that this isn't even worthy of God. Like it can't be done. It's too big. It says there's no, no faith. These are the leaders in this. Can I tell you today, the series about waking to God, that there are people in your life that have good intentions for you, but they're not God-sized. Can I just say that again? There are people in your life that have good intentions for you, but are not God-sized. Let me tell you what it looks like. So oftentimes you think, "Well, the enemy's trying to distract me, the enemy is this. I'm telling you, it's not the enemy that's going to stop you from oftentimes hearing the voice of God. Sometimes it's the people next to you. I mean, these leaders, they would have had the keys to the house. Come on, somebody. Like, it was the person sitting next to them at graduation. It was their group of friends. It was the voices in the room. Like, it was the leaders that they looked up to, those voices in their life. I'm going to tell you, as a pastor, I've never had somebody come to my church and they left a the church and said, I'm coming to your church because of the enemy. But I've had a lot of people come to my church and say, I left my last church because of the leaders. You know what I'm saying? Like we always look in these people and we see their voices and we hear their voices and we're like, oh man, like we can't do this. They set the temperature in the room and those leaders had set the temperature way too low. Man, we need a word from heaven. I'm telling you, if you need a word from heaven, you're not going to often find it on earth. And it's kind of sad, isn't it? But the reality is if you need something from God, he's going to speak to you individually and oftentimes, if every time, it's not going to be a consensus. Like nobody else is going to go up to you and say, hey Sean, I know the will of God for your life, and it's the actually the will of God. Come on, somebody. Everybody has a dream for you, don't they? Everybody has a mission for you and a plan for you. But what is God's plan for you? I talked to a young man this morning. He's trying to figure out what to do with college and this and this. I said, what's God want you to do? Like, don't worry. If, if you had to disappoint anybody, don't worry about it, but just don't put disappoint God. What is God asking you to do? The call of God is so specific to your life. And I think about Caleb. I don't know what that drive back was like, you know, uh, from the promised land to the Israelites. And they're kind of discussing the meeting they're about to have. And they're like, hey, guys, what do you think? It's like, those giants are big. And those walls were huge. And Caleb's like, you know, it's only 11 days from the Red Sea to the promised land. Isn't that crazy? Two shots of espresso later, we've forgotten. Did you guys forget what just happened? Like he crushed the entire army, the greatest army in the world, with the waves of a sea that's not even supposed to be split. And say, God didn't lead us this far just to leave us. He had lead us to the edge of the promised land to let us die. And so Caleb is fighting for the voice of faith. And all these other men, there's 10 other men, 11, but two of them were full of faith and 10 of them were not. And he's fighting against these men. Can I tell you in your life, there's people that are gonna scream for you to play it safe. That the world around you is gonna say, play it safe, play it easy. Like, hey, that's just too much of a risk. That's so impossible. Like, just take this path. It's so much easier. It's going to get you where you need to go. It's going to be fun. But God is calling us to do the impossible. Like, what if we dreamed God-sized dreams? Like, what if we said, okay, God, I don't want my block. I want my city for Jesus. Like, I don't want to start a company that just makes this much money. God, I want to start a company that makes this much money. Like, I want to do something so impossible, only God can get the credit. Can I tell you what this looks like in a very practical way? There's kind of a hero of the faith that kind of came out of this area really, really close to here. Uh, he's born in the 30s. His name is Harold Finch. You may have heard of him. Most of us probably have never heard of him. Harold Finch was born in the 1930s. Okay? And he, he had these dreams to travel in space. Like, he was dreaming about time, uh, space travel and shuttles, and he's drawing stuff up. And 10 years old, a superhero was Superman. Come on, I'm a Superman, but nobody else says, but I'm a Superman. I'm, I'm going Superman, all right? Now, y'all, do what you want to do, but I'm a Superman. All right? So his favorite superhero Superman. He's like, I'm going to travel in space. I'm going to have all these things together. And you draw all these drawings up. You know, you used to doodle in elementary school. And maybe as adults, come on, somebody. And you're doodling. And the teacher says, hey, you need to put your feet on the ground. You're wasting your time. Like, there's not even a space program in the 30s and 40s. Come on, somebody. This guy's dream about stuff. He goes off to college, and he goes, he goes actually to the Air Force through their training program for engineering and physics. And while he's in the program, these Russians set up this little satellite called Sputnik, you guys. And so he's like really excited, like the space race is on. So he goes into his master's, and he knew immediately he was gonna write his master's about the, the heat and cold effect on satellites in orbit. alert! come on. Like, I don't know who wants to do that, but he is really excited. Predicting satellite temperature in orbit. Wow, whoo, that sounds exciting. But he was excited about it, right? And so he graduates the masters. He gets, he gets into his first uh, job for a couple of years. It's all like virtual stuff. It's like real things you are doing, just kind of planning and messing with stuff. He's like, you know what? I'm going to ready to go in the big league. Like, I'm going to make a difference. So he joins this research institute called MRI. And so he shows up. It's his first day of training. Here's how it works. He shows up, and they're doing his proposals with these senior engineers, talking about what they're going to work on next. And here's a here's little Harold Finch. And he goes, well, I think we should write a proposal to NASA talking about re-entry from orbit, about heat dissipating off of rockets. They're like, what's this kid? What's this kid? What's your name, son? Harold, take a seat. You know, whatever. And his boss pulls him aside and says, Harold, listen up, man. Maybe in 10 years you'll get to write a proposal. Like, maybe. Maybe if you're good enough, you'll write a proposal. But today, you just need to shut your mouth and play it safe. Like, stay out of trouble, Harold. Don't do anything crazy. Of course, Harold goes back to his office and he writes up a proposal to NASA. Come on, somebody. <laughs> That's what you do, right? So he writes a proposal to NASA. NASA gets the proposal. They look at it. They give him a call and say, hey, come on down to Kennedy Space Center. We'd love to take a look at it. Like, really? Wow. So he shows up with Boeing and all these other big companies. Harold's got his briefcase. Briefcase Harold. Everybody else has got this giant equipment, all these different things. Just a little briefcase. He comes back to his firm. A couple months later, they give him a call and say, hey, we're going to give you the contract. Largest contract in MRIs in history. Matter of fact, the guy that told me to shut his mouth became his assistant. Harold became the the project director of controlling heat loads off the Apollo mission that landed people on the moon. Come on, somebody. Because he didn't listen to the voice in his life. You know, oftentimes your voices are making your dreams smaller and not bigger. But for Harold, it was like, you know what, I want to have a big dream. Matter of fact, Harold, he created all sorts of crazy stuff. They're called the barbecue roll, that these, these uh, rockets spin on re entry to throw off the heat, all this crazy stuff. And he actually is in Kansas City. He co founded Johnson County Community College. Probably nobody knows this. He founded two Fortune 500 companies and sold them in five years. And he took the money and he self funded a thousand missionaries. That was his call. A business leader for the cause of Christ. Amen. I'm just telling you, he didn't dream the size of, a, of his people around him, the voices all around here. No, no, he said, okay, God, what do you got for me? What voice do you have for me? Can I tell you, the voice in your life either limit or expand your faith, they either limit or expand your future. I mean, your voices that you listen to, your friend group, the person that's sitting next to you, the people that you're asking advice from, those role models, they're all good. And I believe they all have good intentions, but there's only one voice, come on somebody. The voice of God in your life you need to listen to. Can I tell you how important your voices are in your life? We have a little fun. You guys have some fun? All right, close your eyes. And if you're a lady, I want you to grab your purse because we're that kind of church. Come on, somebody. We welcome everybody. You know what I'm saying? All right, close your eyes. So um, hopefully this goes well. It went well last time. We'll see if it goes well again. Um, But what I'm going to do, this part of your brain, um, your visual cortex that produces visions in your mind when you hear things, so I want to see if this works out. So I'm going, to, I'm going to make a sound, and then I want to see if you see something. So close your eyes. This may be the absolute dumbest thing I've ever done, but we'll see. All right, you guys ready? Close your eyes. All right, I can't do anymore. It's too much fun. All right, I'm back. I was having too much fun. If you're new today, you're like, this church is crazy. That pastor's crazy. Now, you can talk to somebody after this gathering. We don't normally bark from stage, okay? Um, it was for fun. That was for free. All right. Now, raise your hand high if you saw a dog. Put your hand in the air if you saw a dog. All right. That's awesome. You know what's funny about that? It's like you knew it was me. You saw a dog, but you knew it was Pastor Petrie. That's pretty good. I like that. Here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing. The sound you comes in your ears is always creating expectation for sight. Like what you hear is always changing what you're going to see. Like what you're hearing always sets the table in preparing you for what you're going to see. So here's the point. If you got people in your life that are telling you, oh, you're not good enough, son. You'll never amount to anything. That's too hard. I don't know why you care about her. you got fault finders, nitpickers, complainers, backstab. you got people, all these things, all negative, negative, negative. Guess what's going to happen? You're going to see yourself that way. You're going to see people around you that way. You're going to start looking at people and say, oh, I'm not really good enough. God, I'd love to dream this dream. I talked to somebody literally after the first gathering and said, I'd love to dream bigger dreams, but my dad told me I wasn't good. What? Like that identity, you heard it for so long, you start to see it in yourself. But the, all, the opposite is also true, amen? Like when you hear the voice of God in your life, you can be that kind of person. It's like the, the, the key that unlocks people around you. Hey, you know what? You know, you made some mistakes, but I see who you're becoming, God's got his hand in your life. God can use you. Yeah, you messed up, but God is pursuing you. God uses you. God uses failure more than accomplishment. God's developing your character. I believe in you. Those are the words we need to give, amen? You guys are the Jesus generation, you know that? Ain't nobody speaking truth and life into people besides us. Like, if we're not gonna do it, who is gonna do it? Like, the voice of God in our life tells us, you know what, you're not who your father told you you were for a lot of you. The voice of God in your life tells you who you are, and that identity that was broken in Genesis 3 is now restored because of Jesus. And today, you can follow his voice. Man, you have life-giving words speaking over you. Someone needs to hear this today. Your voice, either limits your life or expands it. For some of us, our head is down. Like, we just think, I can't do it. I'm not gonna try. I've always failed. Remember last time what happened? I stepped out and, uh, well, these voices are going to just drag us. Or your voices can lift you up and say, you know what? Those giants are big. Come on, somebody. But my God is bigger. Oh, we've been here before. I'm just going to go with the guy that had the pillar of fire. He's going to turn those things into kind of like roast weenies, you know what I'm saying? Like, land is mine. And now it's already fertilized, you know what I'm saying? Like, he's going to roast it all out. Like, he's going to do what he wants to do because God is in control. But we start dreaming really small because the voices around us. God, I just encourage you? What if Caleb was not just the only person? Him and Joshua, there's like, we're talking like a small percentage here saying the things of God. What if Caleb wasn't the only person saying, God, we got this, we can do this. This ain't nothing for God. We can get in this land, not a problem. You know what if we were the Jesus generation that set the greatest expectation of what God can do? Like, what if we weren't just praying for our city, but we prayed for our state? Like, what if we didn't think, okay, we're gonna have one place, but what if we think we're gonna reach this entire place? Like, every neighborhood, every person knows the name of Jesus because we're gonna use my life. What well, today you just said, you know what, I haven't heard from God a long time, but God, I'm here, I hear you. There's a rustling in the bushes, I'm chasing it because I think it's God, amen? I'm running to Jesus. Look what happens through faith, this is incredible. Hebrews 11:29. 29, by faith the people passed to the Red Sea as on dry land, but when the Egyptians tried to do so, they were drowned. You know faith makes all the difference in your life? It's very few people that measure their life by faith. Like, we'll talk about money, or stuff, or followers, but we're not talking about faith. How is there faith? What's God gonna do in their life? I mean, they crossed the Red Sea in faith and 11 days later, they didn't get in the promised land. It's like making it all the way to Christmas morning, not opening the gift. It's like, nope, can't do it, it's too hard, too big, can't do it. I'm gonna tell you something, the faith you had yesterday will not lead you into the future. I mean, the faith that launched our church will not be the faith that takes us to the next level. We have to have faith today. That's why it's so important to follow God. Like awaken to God in your own life. Like how's your quiet time? Like who are you listening to? And I'm not saying don't listen to their voices. You should. There's a lot of wisdom in voices. But there is one voice that's above all voices that's going to direct your steps. Look what happens through faith in Hebrews 11. And says, and what more should I say? Do we have time to talk about Gideon and, and Barak and Samson and Jephthah and David and Samuel and all the prophets who through faith conquered kingdoms and ministered justice, gained what was promised? I love this one. This would be fun. I like to jump the fence of the zoo and shut the mouths of lions. Come on, somebody. Wouldn't that be fun? Like through faith, you can do these things? They quench the fury of flames, escape the edge of the sword. I love this. Don't make this. This is for us today. Whose weakness is turned to strength. If you think you're not good enough today, you're absolutely right. But God is, amen. It's not your ability, it's God's abilities through you. And it says, whose weakness was turned to strength. I wish the Israelites had this verse. Who became powerful in battle and routed for foreign armies. Wouldn't that be amazing to tell a story? Yeah, we walked over there and there, there was these ascendants of, of Anak and they were huge, no big deal, God's got it. I drank my coffee this morning, I was hanging out with Jesus. We walked out in there, we didn't have to have five stones in a sling. We just blew a trumpet. Whatever God wanted to do, we took over. It'd be a totally different Bible, right? Totally different what would have happened. Full of faith. It's been powerful, routed forearm. That'd be so cool. Women received back their dead, raised to life. I'm telling you, if you're looking for a word from heaven, you may not find it here on earth. There's only some things that come from your personal time with God. Look what happened to these Israelites when they didn't listen to God. Numbers 14, too. It says, all the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The whole assembly said to them, if only we had died in Egypt, or in the wilderness. I mean, why is the Lord bring us to the land only to let us fall by the sword? Our wives and our children will be taken as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt? And they said to each other, yeah, we should choose a leader to go back to Egypt. Isn't that crazy? I mean, it wasn't 11 days earlier that they were so full of faith and now they hear the voice of the leaders in their life and they think this is totally impossible. God can't do it. Why am I even trying? I wish I was already dead it'd be way better to be dead than it would be to go in this land. I know God already gave it to us, but we can't take that step. Like this is the most faithless verse in the Bible. It's absolutely crazy to think that they're sitting there saying they'd rather be dead or back in slavery. And even to the point that they watched the entire Egyptian army be crushed in the Red Sea. They're going back to Egypt and there ain't any slave masters. There ain't even an army to hold them in place. Like it'd be better to go back to Egypt and just be a, it was like their identity. And for some of us, who have been told our entire life we're gonna be a nobody, or we're gonna be like second rate, or you don't have enough, or you know, when you get this thing in your life, or when you hit that status, or when you clean up this mess, we've been told this our entire lives. And I'm just gonna tell you that you get to fight, if I could use a cuss word, I would, for what God wants you to do, because you're pulling against you. Everything in hell is trying to stop you from following this. Like you're gonna go back and you're listening to the voice of someone in your past, and some critic or some whatever, but God's saying, no, 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 no. Your identity is with me. Why don't you to check out who God says you are? Look at this in 1 Peter 2.9. It says, you are a chosen people. I mean, you're a royal priesthood. You're a holy nation. You're a special possession. God's talking about you. Look at that. Chosen people. God chose you. God picked you. You're a royal priesthood. You're a son and daughter of the king. You're a holding, You're set apart. You're a special possession. When they were joking, they weren't joking and said, you were special, son. You are special. God wants you. And look for this, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into the wonderful light. Like God's called you to go to the darkest place in the world and just start praising Jesus. Just go in the darkest place in the world and say, God, use me to change this. I'm gonna build my, my church on the edge of hell and I want the bell to ring and I want people to be changed because I'm gonna live my life for myself. Like God's done something big in my life and I'm just gonna share it with somebody else because I am a chosen people. I'm a royal priesthood. I'm an heir to the throne. I'm set apart to God. It's so easy to miss the miracle though. I'm telling you, I, I mean, as a pastor, it's so hard because there's so many people missing the miracle. I think I'm joking. I mean, No. I've been there. I'm preaching to myself. Come on, somebody. So I have church every week so I can hear myself and say, self, listen, change, bigger vision. But don't miss the miracle. Look what happened in Numbers 14:30. It says, not one of you, this is God talking to the Israelites, will enter the land I swore with an uplifted hand to make my home except for Caleb of Jephthah and jo- uh, Joshua, the son of Nun. Only two of you are gonna go in. Out of all these people, just two of you, because the voice of 10 leaders decided that it was too complicated and too hard. And so, God tells them this for 40 years, one year for each of the 40 days you explore a land, you will suffer for your sins. They're gonna wander for 40 years and die in the wilderness for a journey that would have taken 11 days. Isn't that crazy? That's gotta think for like some of us like, man, God isn't gonna want you to wait 40 years, okay? God wants you to change your life today. But oftentimes like, I don't know what to do and God's so complicated, but God wants you to take a step today. God I want you to say, God, here I am. Like, I don't know what you're calling me to. It's probably scary and big. And if I knew about it, I'd probably freak out. And my parents are going to freak out. My neighbor's going to freak out. And everybody's going to freak out. I tell them, told them, that was my story. Everybody freaked out. I freaked out. But God just called me to go. Then it'd be 40 years before your marriage is healed, or you break an addiction, or you just stand up and do the right thing, even though your friends are doing the other thing. can I can't tell you there was only two out of 12 people that said, We got some faith to take these giants on. That's 16%. So what that really tells me is that if everybody's telling you to do something, you probably should do the opposite, amen? Isn't that crazy? I mean, the world's like, it's over here, it's safe. This is good, this is easy, this is comfortable. That's cool, that's not God's will. God's will is over here, it's a lot harder than that. It must be the hard road. Well, they say narrow is the gate. I'm just telling you, following God is not an easy journey, but God has called us to go there. There's lands that God has called you to be only he can lead you in. There's lands that nobody else can answer for you. There's places in your life that God is calling you to today. You know, five years ago, I candidated a church. What that means is you go through like an interview process and all sorts of fun stuff. And uh, I I lost the vote by 1%. Come on, somebody. Best 1% ever had in my life. I'm telling you, lost by 1%. And uh, I left the church and I went to this other church the next Sunday and I heard like the greatest thing ever. There's a picture of the church pastor that I went to, to, this church here. You might know him. I don't know if you do. If you don't know him, you need to get to know him. This man's name is Craig Rochelle. Craig Rochelle is like a leader among men, as Scott would say. He's just a leader among men. And so, so he's preaching. I'm like just listening. And he starts telling the story when he was in, in college. He got his degree in seminary to be a pastor. He's a Methodist, a Methodist uh, seminary. He goes to get his ordination, which basically means a group of men that basically just ask you everything about the Bible. You start telling about all these different theologies and philosophies and all these different things, calling and character and competency and yada, yada. And then they say, we believe in you. And they ordain you. And so there's 40 people in this ordination and he's going through the process and he was the only person that they said, you're not qualified. They said, Craig, you're not called to be a pastor. You're not called to be a leader in the church. You need to do something else with your life. Literally one out of 40 didn't get picked. He gets in his car, he's driving, he tells a story, he's just crying and you know, talking about what he's going through. And he made this statement. And I'll never forget it because I came out of like just getting the 1% ax, you know what I'm saying? The, the right foot of Christian fellowship. Whoosh. You know what I'm talking about. And so I'm sitting there like, man, this is crazy. And he says this, and I'll never forget it. He said, sometimes the will of man is very far from the will of God. Come on. If you don't know about anything about Craig Groeschel, he leads the larger church in the United States by far. He's double the next guy, which is not about how big the church is, but just God just doing crazy stuff. Millions upon millions of people impacted. I mean, he has millions of views every week. As a matter of fact, he founded his church. Founded the U Version Bible Lab. Isn't that a little crazy? You can imagine if he would listen to those voices, in life and say, "You're not qualified. You're not good enough." You imagine the spiritual landscape of our country would never be where it is today without a man like this. If you don't know Craig Rochelle, you got to listen to those leadership podcasts. This guy sets the edge for what it is to lead in the Christian culture. Craig Rochelle, one of my heroes. This is another guy. This is Jeremy Foster. Jeremy Foster leads the fastest-growing church in the United States. When we launched our church, Jeremy came in and did a little bit of training with me and Diane and some of the people launching churches. This guy's an absolute phenom. I'm tell you about how big faith looks like. His daughter started praying for a building. Come on, somebody, we can praying for a building too, right? She started praying for a building. She's on the sitting on a balcony of the hotel, and and she's reading Chip and Joanne Gaines. Come on, you know God's gonna speak through Chip and Joanne, right? You got some sh- shiplap lap and some silos, you know what I mean? God's gonna speak, and so she's sitting out there, and she starts seeing these silos on the horizon in Houston. And she goes, "I think God just called us to buy the silos." She's like, "God's speaking through Chip and Joe," and so she goes to her dad and says, "I think the silos." She's like, "No, no, 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 no! It's the building in front of the silos." <laughs> It's not that building. That's not even for sale. And so they said, so well, let's send somebody over. So they sent somebody over with a business card, and they said, hey, what do, you, what do you guys do here with this, this, and this? Hey, you know what? God's called us to buy your building. What? You buy buying our building. We're not even for sale. He's like, well, if you ever change your mind, here's the card. Well, you can guess what happened. Four years later, they call him up. Hey, we're selling our building. I think God's called you to buy our building. And uh, they made a deal they couldn't refuse, and he bought the silos. Guys, tell you, oftentimes faith is the impossible. Just is, We just dream so small. Like Jeremy Foster's thinking, I, that's, you that's, can buy that. It makes sense on paper. That's fiscal sense. That thing's not even for sale. Are you kidding me? I'm telling you, some of you guys got to start praying. We get a building. Come on, somebody. Who's going to donate a building to real life? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I was like, we'll pass out some business cards this week. Like, just get some bigger faith. Why, why is it impossible? just like, it's impossible for us, but it's not possible for him. And so Jeremy learned that. He's like, this daughter, his daughter's like 23, okay? Prayed and spoke a word into her life. It became fruition. Man, I want to be that person. Come on, like God, I'm, I'm just going to follow you. Like there's nothing impossible. I'm dreaming way bigger. This last guy, this is Levi Lesko. Levi Lesko, he was a, he actually went through Chuck Smith Calvary Chapel, Southern California. Some of you guys know all about that. He, he grew up there, did stuff. And then he became a pastor. He got trained like the perfect way you get trained. It's amazing. He didn't come out of dysfunctional. He's super healthy. Takes over a church, a couple thousand in Southern California. The dude is living it up. I mean, talking about surfing on, you know, whatever. He talks about it. He just enjoys it, right? He starts traveling in the United States. He gets in Kalispell, Montana. You ever heard of Kalispell, Montana? Come on, put your hand in the air. All right, nobody. Cool, perfect. So he goes there, preaches at a youth conference. This man comes up to him and says, I believe God's calling you here to plant a church. Not a lot of people come up here and preach the gospel like that. We need Jesus up here like you bring him. He's like, oh, y'all yeah, pray about that. He wasn't going to pray. He even said that. I'm praying. About I told him I was praying bad. So he goes back down to Southern California and he just can't shake this. So there's this burden to plant a church and Kalispell. And so he starts talking to who? His leaders. He goes up to his leaders. say, what do you think I should do? He said, where? Kalispell? Why would you go there? He's like, in five years, you might have 200 people. Like you stay down here, you have 20,000. Like why would you ever go to Kalispell? Matter of fact, he met with one pastor, big leader in his life. And he said, cows go to die in Kalispell. Like it's so cold cattle die. Like you freaking serious. Like why would you, you have such a call in your life, you're going to waste it. But he couldn't shake the call. Matter of fact, he packed up and took a couple families from the church he was in and went up to Kalispell. And uh, first week, one of the the families left. Come on, somebody, welcome to church planting, right? Grew that church from, you know, seven people down to three, come on. Their first Sunday, a fresh life church, 14 people. Him, the other family, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and two visitors, come on, somebody. I mean, you know, like, God's in it, right? Like, what am I doing? I left all this comfort and ease, and it was set for life. I mean, crazy, easy and goes out and does the hard work and plow a field. I'll tell you what, fast forward 13 years, the dude's got nine campuses. That's insane. Nine campuses stretching from Montana all the way to Seattle. Dude, preaches on TV, has radio broadcasts, tens of thousands of people impacted. He has incredible books, credible leadership. It makes a difference to the cause of Christ all because he what? Listen to God's voice and not man's, amen? I'm telling you, Craig Rochelle, Levi Lesko, Jeremy Foster, Scott Germain, Randy, Holly, Brian, God's speaking to you. He he ain't speaking to all this. He's speaking to you today. So I can encourage you to follow Jesus. I want you to see what it says in John John 10, 27. It says, my sheep, listen to my voice. We're listening for God. Like he's going to speak to you. It says, I know them and they follow me. Man, I hear the sound of God today, amen? Man, God's speaking to me. God, give me a bigger vision. I don't know about you, you hearing the sound of God. Tell me you hear the sound. Say, I hear the sound. I'm here to say, I'm listening for God. Like I'm, I want to know what he wants in my life, not with somebody else. I want a God-sized dream. Matthew six thirty three. this is how you do it. If you say, man, where am I, I going to start? This is it. Matthew six thirty three. But seek when? Seek first. Seek first the kingdom of God, his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. First. And who is God's voice is going to be? First in your life. What would change if God's voice was first in your life? How would your marriage be different? How, how, would your, how would your calling be different? How would your career be different? How would you treat people? If you knew God's voice and you said, God, oh, you're number one, dude. You are number one in my life. I'm walking with you. I'm getting up early. I don't care what it costs. I'm cutting people off to get to Jesus. I want a word from him today. Today, I believe God is calling you to awaken to Jesus. And it just start, simply starts with raising your hands and saying, here am I. May you hear the sound of God. I promise you, God is speaking to you today. He has a God-sized dream that only you can know. And can I encourage you not to be afraid to offend some man-sized voices to follow a God-sized dream. Can I encourage you? This church would not be here. There were some offenses that occurred to get here. And God is calling you to do the same thing. Father, we call, come before you. God, I pray that we would follow your voice. God, it would be so evident in our life, to be so real in this season. I pray for some of us who have heard from God in so long. God, I pray that we would just lift our hands and surrender and say, God, here am I. God, I hear you. And you're calling out to us. God, we're going to answer the call. God, we're going to change some things in our lives. We may have to redirect, and, but we're willing to do whatever You ask us to do. If that's you today and you'd say, you know what? I've spent a long time since I've heard from God, but here I am. If that's you, you just put your hand high in the air and say, here I am. Come on, put those hands up across this room. Here I am. Man, so many hands. I'm gonna pray for one more group of people today. And that's those of you that you'd say, you know what? I've been hiding from God. Like I've been running. I've been running to all the wrong places. I've been trying to clean up my mess. I've been trying to break addictions. And I've been trying to make myself happy. And I've been trying to pursue all these things. But today, you know what? I realize I just need Jesus. Since day one, Jesus pursuing me, and I've been putting his voice way in the back burner. But today I want to know Jesus. Who is Jesus? Jesus, sinless son of God. He died on the cross for your sins. He exchanged every one of your wrongs for all of his rights. And the Bible says he'll make you whole. He'll give you purpose and life today. If you call on him, you will be saved. So if that's you, and you say, you know what? I want to say yes to Jesus today. Will you just lift your hand up that I'll be looking around So I would say yes to Jesus? Come on. If that's you, I need I need Jesus. I see your hand. Well says, I need Jesus today if you're online. This is for you. Just pray this prayer. It's not the prayer that saves you. Put your heart towards God. Say, Father, thank you so much man, for loving me since day one. Man, I've missed it, but today I see it as clear as day. I'm hearing the sound. You can have my life. I want to follow you. Thank you for down across to me and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, let's give it up for God and what he's doing. Come on, I hear the sound
2: man, that is so good. And if you made that decision today to accept Jesus, we want to give you some next steps to take on your spiritual journey. Today is not the end of that journey, but it's the beginning. And so I'd love it if you would take out your phone, grab it, text RL next to 97000. That is going to connect you with some free resources on our website. And it's going to give you a place where you can share your story with us. We would love to celebrate with you what God is doing. And we would love to connect you to those resources in your life. Another next step that I have for you is if that is you today, we actually have a bag in the back of the table on your way out that you can grab those bags. One of them has, a, or all of them have a Bible in it and have some um, information for you that you can take with you to connect you to those resources, but also to get you started on that journey. And then for all of us today, I have a few next steps that I'm super excited about. You got an email this morning to tell you that our life groups for the summer are live on the website. And so you are going to want to go on there right now. You can all get your phones out. I won't be offended. Look on there. Click on that link. Browse through those. We have incredible, we have 12 life groups this summer, and I'm so excited. It's going to be our best semester yet. You can go, yeah, it's exciting. I know there's one person really excited about it besides me. That's fine. That coffee's wearing off that first one, but I mean, you can walk at the park. You can tour to barbecue. You can ride a bike. You can do a Bible study. You can connect with people. You can go to Planet Fitness. There is truly something for everybody this semester, and There is also no big deal if you want to go on vacation for a week and then come back. It's okay. You can do that. It's okay. It's the summer. We get it. But the voices that you're putting in your life this semester are huge. And so not just now, but if you're like, man, I need that step. I need to put the people of God around me so that I can hear the voice of God. Life groups are a great way to get started with that. So check those out. Another next step you can take to be part of the spiritual landscape of what is going on here in our community is to be a part of generosity at Real Life. And can I tell you that through counseling sessions offered, through our Real Life Hope Center, through our local outreach, through the different ways that people are moving and shaking in this community and our missionaries across the world, when you are a part of generosity at Real Life, you are truly a part of making a difference. And I'm so excited, not just for what God's doing today, but what he's gonna continue to do in the future through your partnership with generosity and there's three ways you can do that you can go to reallifechurchkc.com click give you can text any amount to 84321 or there's a box in the back you can drop cash or check in an envelope back there um, to be a part of what God is doing and our last step if you're like man I need a step today God I hear the sound I'm gonna go and I'm gonna do something today is our crash course it's at our house this afternoon at two o'clock you don't want to miss being a part of it if you're like I feel like God has something bigger in here, I have a dream, I can't catch on to it, we would love to walk alongside with you to see what God is doing to put that vision in your heart and then how you can live that out, not just at real life, but across the world. You can make a difference, and we'd love to help partner with you on those first steps of that journey. As we're here, we're making disciples, we're growing leaders, and we want you to jump on board. So check out this video.
0: life, let me tell you something I believe that can change not only your destiny but the destiny of generations upon generations behind you. You know we all come to church broken. I remember I was 18 years old and started coming to church and through the high school time there I came broken. I came as one of those students that you guys all probably hated. I was the guy that set that bell curve, come in with a 4-0 and uh, that's nothing to do with me. I was trying to prove myself so bad in so many ways and so I did that through academics and I was addicted to pornography and I was broken, I came to Jesus and I needed help. I need people to show me the way. And All of us come to church pulling some baggage from the past. All of us have some kind of hurt, some kind of pain, some kind of addiction, something was said, relationship was broken. We come to Jesus as a consumer. We come broken and need of hope and healing and restoration and forgiveness. But here's how your destiny changes. I, knew, I know God is calling so many of you today to get past your past, to let go of the luggage, to drop those things in the past, to offer forgiveness and restoration in Jesus, for God to use your gifts and talents to make a difference. You now, not only do we carry the luggage of the past, we all carry a culture of church. So many of you guys have grown up in church or been to a church, and maybe the experience wasn't all that it should have been. As a pastor, every week I get to hear crazy stories. I hear amazing stories of God, change people's lives, but also see a lot of people that are stuck holding on to the past. And I want to encourage you today, one of the greatest things you can do is get God's voice in your life. Get around the people of God. I know this, if you do not get connected to the people of God, you do not use your gifts and talents to serve God, you're not gonna grow in your faith. Man, I'm the chief disciple maker here at our church, and can I encourage you man, to let go of the past and become part of what God is calling you to do. Man, the grace advice, that your future's in your hands by listening to the voice of God. I want to invite you out to come to our Crash Course today. For some of you, that's a huge step. I mean, you have been hurt, uh, you're carrying some big weight, and you're not sure if this is the right step for you. Can I encourage you to come out and give us a chance, to give God a chance for your life? Uh, we're all about helping you connect to God. Man, know his purpose for your life, know his will, know how to follow him, listen to his voice. We're gonna talk about your relationships, how to get past your past. I mean, some of you guys are so broken, so eat up inside, and you don't know what to do. And we wanna help you give resources and get in the right relationships that can change your life. Last thing is this, we wanna get you guys to connect your purpose and make a difference. God gave you talent on purpose, and today I believe God can unlock something in your life to change generations. I wanna encourage you guys to be a part of this. There's so many of us that have chosen to say, you know what, I'm not coming to get something from Jesus. Today, I'm coming to give something back. I'm here to make a difference. Can I encourage you to be a contributor on the mission, the cause of Christ, to make disciples? All starts with one step, coming out to Crash Course, getting plugged into your purpose, making a difference. It's at my house today from 2 to 4.30. I'd love to see you there. I know God's gonna do incredible stuff with your journey with Jesus. Your future is in your hands today. Listen to God's voice.
2: All right, who is excited to be the voice of God in someone's life this morning? Good job, I like that energy. Hey, if you need prayer for any reason, we'll have a member from our team up here. Come and connect with them for prayer. We would love to be here to pray for you. Also, we would love to see you next week at 9.30 or 11 as we continue our series, Awaken. So do not miss it. We would love to see you out. And then last, whoever finds Jesus discovers...
1: Great job guys, you have a good week, okay?